I feel a campaign or messaging focused at that group which has the the privilege to make a choice and to influence what choice they make will change the game. Hello and welcome to the season 2 of Understanding the Future. I am your host Punit Gandhi and Climate Center for Cities is excited to bring to you a podcast about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, sustainability and innovation. We will talk to experts working on ground as well as in the top management of government and non-governmental organizations to better understand how the field looks like in future. This will help us in preparing to enable climate actions as well as gauge the type of skill sets and jobs that would be required in future to solve complex challenges. If you are listening to it for the first time, do tune into season 1. Hello and welcome to the season 2 of Understanding the Future. I am your host Punit Gandhi and today we have with us Aarti Khosla. She is the founder and director at Carbon Copy. She is also director at Climate Trends. She has been communicating climate for over a decade now and she will help us in understanding the same. Welcome to the show Aarti. Thanks Punit. Thank you for having me here. uh so let's start with the basic question on about communicating uh, communicating climate that is how has the narrative of climate changed over years especially with you being involved in it over 10 uh, over a decade how have you seen it evolve and where is it right now right you know there are several ways to slice uh, the pie and let me start with one uh, pretty much a decade ago and even more than that uh, the discussion on climate issues was largely in the print media and a lot of the policy discussions were focused on what is happening to the big discussions the international negotiation process and the links with all of that 2015 as you know was the paris agreement and not only was it historic it was pretty monumental and if you analyze the last 5 or 10 years of coverage specifically on climate science climate policy uh, i think uh, 2015 will stand out as a year in which there was a very significant spike in the coverage my personal assessment is that uh, before that time uh, the coverage of climate issues was largely focused on a certain part of the year when a lot of the journalists who will write about climate as a technical slash policy subject will focus on it more as an international process but having said that i i also have realized that a lot of the reporting of climate change in india essentially takes place in english and hindi not surprising most of our elite publications are in english and uh, climate is such a discussion that it hasn't been mainstreamed so much so to that extent uh, the english papers have invested quite some time and resource at least for the last decade or so to write about the issue hindi coverage itself is also there but more in the sense of covering climate disasters or extreme weather events as an after effect and not just in terms of uh, you know rarely linking so to say to the broader issue of climate science and climate change so that remains a, a gap uh, 
The one thing that I do want to point out uh, to your specific question on how the narrative has changed uh, is the role of social media. And, you know, clearly, uh, as we see these days, if you would do a survey for a city like Delhi or Mumbai, my sense is that you will have about 30 to 35 percent of the population for which social media is the first point of news consumption or online, at least, is the first point of news consumption. And yeah. clearly for that, uh, for that quarter of the population, the narrative has differently evolved in terms of how people see air quality issues, how people see issues of urban mobility. We saw in the last year in the, you know, the phases of lockdown, there was greater awareness of uh, cleaner cities, yeah. better air quality and people being able to willing to take action to step up if that is what, you know, brings clean air to them. So certainly climate change is a concept which is, which can be broken down in many ways especially and i will only end this uh, answer by saying that um, the role of media on covering climate issues is fairly significant last couple of years that role has been steady and continuous so it does not feel that uh, while the increase has not been enormous at the same time there has been just a continuous share of uh, some of the key reporters who are writing on climate issues, but are also reporting on climate with respect to implications, solutions on key policies. For example, you know, the transition uh, that is happening with renewable energy coming, the transition that is happening with battery storage, the moving away from coal. And all of these are very uh, key matters in terms of the larger policy decision. And, you know, a lot of this is being covered and a lot of opinion is actually happening, not just by, by climate scientists, but also by industry leaders, sometimes by members of parliament and uh, sometimes even by local um, politicians. So all in all, the narrative on climate over the last 10 years has certainly widened and broadened. And the coverage itself has several touch points as opposed to the few touch points that it had a decade ago. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I did pick up a couple of points while you were speaking. There is a point about policy development, which it started. There is a point about awareness in people. There is a point about somewhere on the lines of involving more and more politicians as well on these lines. While all these things are separate things uh, and they require different kinds of communication channels, how do you think that these kind of uh, communication channels can be integrated for, uh, you, you know, some kind of unison in voice or something? Right. And let me explain this with an example of uh, the public campaign on air quality in Delhi. Uh, okay. That has been around for five years and we have all been witness to it sometimes, even as Delhiites and uh, the, yeah. the nature of the campaign started by being a very high decibel campaign in the winter months when the air pollution was at its peak. It also started, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, judicial activism where judiciary was yeah. able to intervene and ask for some decisions and make some uh, asks in terms of uh, just making sure that whatever can be done to mitigate Delhi's pollution, even a little bit, is done. Media yeah. as well played a very crucial role uh, all through. Uh, and I remember it already in 2015, I think Indian Express had a series on air pollution called Death by Breath. And uh, they brought out some, some very impactful numbers about five or six years ago already on how much is the impact on public health. And ever since, uh, of course, you know, you have the WHOs, you have the Lancet, but you also have yeah. the 
the, the Indian research, uh, for example, you have the Public Health Foundation of India and many others. So on the policy side, the evidence kept getting stronger. On the judicial side, the push kept getting stronger in terms of compliance. On the media side, the watchdog uh, status kept getting stronger in terms of always shining a light on how much is the air quality, what are the data looking like. On the civil society side as well, the, 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 the campaign became very strong with a lot of organizations who were conventionally not working on air quality, really seeing this as some kind of a prism through which they can enter and talk about air quality, but they can also address several other issues and solutions on the power sector reforms that are needed, the, the, you know, the, the compliance of thermal power plants that's needed, even uh, how transport and mobility issues, cycling and pedestrianization, looking at better parking policies. And it just opened up a lot of room to engage even waste management, which yeah. for a city like Delhi, uh, you know, is an enormous day-to-day uh, -day problem. And let's always not just talk about the bigger issues to mitigate, but also you know, issues like tackling construction waste and tackling dust and uh, tackling waste. And all of these issues really found home in the air quality campaign. And to your question on where is that unison, I think the unison really is in the ability of the movement to create that window of opportunity where all these factors and all these pushes align with each other in a certain way that the outcome is more than the sum of parts. And which is why I'm not commenting on the scale of action that has been taken by the government on air quality, but certainly there is a lot of recognition by all quarters of the government that air quality is a problem which cannot be denied and there needs to be action as well. And, and you know, that is just one example, but even, even otherwise, theoretically speaking, unless you don't have certain constituencies across the spectrum to be able to believe and be convinced about the problem, you will not have that constituency which can demand change. In case of Delhi, you, you had even, you know, the citizens of Delhi coming out and, and protesting. You had mothers for clean air asking for uh, clean air. You had doctors, some of the most credible ones, uh, lung surgeons and, you know, even yeah. others who were talking about the impact. So, so it it is a quite a quite a strange mix of you know credibility impact uh, academic rigor which really has to come together to create that unison at least in the indian context to be able to make a dent on what climate change communication can effectively be about no it, it's absolutely true and it's it's this kind of thing that that kind of concerns me as well that it's the climate change as a word is quite small but it uh, encompasses a lot of different topics as you just pointed out with air quality that with just with the conversation of air quality we got in power sector vehicle sector transportation uh, to a certain extent then healthy lifestyle in general so there are multiple facets to each uh, solution as well as each problem in climate change and my feeling over here again goes to that while we cater to each of these problems and we try to you know solve them or we try to address them the narrative gets lost that okay uh, currently as soon as winter comes delhi goes towards air pollution as soon as summer comes it goes towards heat islands and heat waves and things like that so the narrative is keep it keeps on changing while it all falls under the climate change perspective how can that be streamlined in a way that while 
each narrative uh, each problem has its own specific things to be described about it still conveys the same message to the public right well first of all to the extent that the narrative is driven by media it's important to understand that the news cycle itself has a certain life and at least in the last 10 years we have seen that the life of the news cycle has become quite shortened and which also means that the deadline is for a day even sometimes an hour the way you know tv and broadcast news has overtaken all other forms of of reportage uh, in some cases the focus is a lot on you know covering covering issues that have a shorter shelf life greater public attention easy to grab attention of the masses climate is anyway not that issue it's extremely complex it's a threat multiplier yeah. it's not that uh, you know the the urban conglomerates as well as the rural parts of india are only affected by climate change they have yeah. already been affected by several other issues that take precedence whether it's poverty or livelihoods or public health or education and all of these issues have taken precedence and they still do so just putting climate in the front and center i really don't think is the need however the need is to be able to connect the dots of the impact that the changing climate will have on all of these issues and even that is not happening the reason why that is not happening is certainly because this is two or three levels of communication you know as much as you keep it simple the message you are not able to explain climate as a way to connect other other issues to connect the dots you need time to develop that story you need time to be able to write and present that story and sometimes it feels that our news cycle is not being able to offer that time so that i think is part of the problem to your question really on how to be able to sustain the narrative but part of the question that uh, you know the discussion is sometimes about drought or flood or heat wave or air pollution to that extent i think it is also fine because it is not important to to just double down on the phrase climate change it's also important to explain the lived experience of climate change and in an indian context definitely the lived experience is much stronger whether or not people understand that climate change is impacting them quite unlike an american audience or an american citizen a lot of people in india have an extreme lived experience of climate change people living in rural areas have suffered crop losses they have suffered due to erratic monsoons the agriculture produce gets impacted those are direct impacts of climate change if uh, you know the issues that communities are facing living close to thermal power plants and thermal power plants are not complying to emission standards and a lot of the solutions oriented debate on climate is about looking at retirement or phasing down of thermal power plants so that the future replacement uh, of energy demand can happen through renewable energy sources these are directly linked as solutions of climate change but cannot be presented as such and in the indian context where you know there will always be a dozen uh, other items to also discuss in the news media it's very hard to make sure that one narrative connects the dot i feel that is ambitious to an extent but what is possible really is to to maintain a continuous drum beat of the impacts as well as the solutions and do it for each of the separate audience in a different way and yeah. it's not necessary to break down the audience too much but at least break it down to the extent of what's relevant to the policy makers probably is different from what is relevant to the public 
and it's quite different as compared to what is what is relevant for a politician to listen to and i think yeah. just breaking down the message in a way how it makes sense to a political leader to nudge him to action but at the yeah. same time how it creates enough awareness in the public to be able to 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 push for some action these are the kind of things which i think some like the campaigners like us should really be thinking more about on where to place that lever so that what you get is some change in public behavior or some change in decision makers attitude those are not easy things but some of it has happened in the last couple of years and that is the direction to go in uh, i feel no i absolutely agree because this is this is a continuous effort and as you had previously pointed out as well that in major cities major consumption of news is via social media so that is where i think one other thing that comes up on those lines is because it's through social media it it gets overwhelming after a point because the algorithms are also such that you keep on seeing the same news again and again in different formats and uh, it's not just one news and then all different kinds of news comes into picture can this kind of news cycles be created in a more you know action oriented way where instead of just while we are saying that okay this is the challenge how it can be solved is also included again this is a very broad question i know but somewhere on those lines can be create some uh, communications on those lines which is more action oriented certainly i think we need to create communications that is action oriented because on certain uh, issues there is a high degree of awareness so yeah. the next step indeed is action and the question really to answer is how do i know that what i need to do when i fully am aware that there is a problem that exists and several surveys have been done again you know i i will take the case of delhi and air pollution yeah. but to a regular english or let's say like that for a delhiite where english is either the first language or the second language i think at least over 99% of people are aware about air pollution that's not a small yeah. percentage but very few people are taking some action similarly uh, you know if you will take the case of a rural community in chatisgarh a lot of people will be aware about the problems that they are having on the health impacts by staying close to a thermal power plant but what are they able to do about it that difference is quite enormous and yeah. really the point of developing communications is to reduce that distance and what i think is i mean of course in the indian context again it's not very unidirectional and easy but theoretically speaking i think we also need to need to just have messages which resonate and they are convincing and not just coercing people to action because yeah. that doesn't work in a public movement where people are forced to act and that will only have its impact for an extremely short term but one other thing is also that as people feel that the psychological distance between them and the problem at hand has reduced people will yeah. eventually stand up and act so if the if you know trees are being cleared from a forest patch to create a metro shed in mumbai then mumbaikers stood up and spoke about it we were and there are several examples across uh, the country on how local campaigns have built up you know in tamil nadu against uh, recently against the port expansion couple of years back uh, the sterlite campaign you know and all of that has gathered quite a bit of momentum so really uh, climate change is not an exotic 
concept for Indians. It's a matter of survival. It's a matter of, you know, just being able to pull through their anyway hard existence. And when that gets tempered with a little bit, then I think with or without climate action or a climate campaign, there is a groundswell of movement that builds up. For us, we really need to see where is that point where people are not pushed to an extreme condition that their psychological distance between them and the problem becomes a question of survival on an hourly basis. Because that itself feels that you're extremely living on the edge. And a lot of a lot of communities in India are indeed living on the edge, but just among the middle of the pyramid, that broad middle class or whoever you call them, I think there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of population, whether it is the youth, whether it's uh, you know a well-informed citizen in a city who is able to stand up for for a cause or or or, or can create at least a constituency which can demand change. I think that. Uh, that group needs to be engaged a little bit. It's not always it's not always good to rest on the shoulders of the most marginalized to raise their voice because it really impacts their existence and there is no no other way for them than to raise their voice because it's a question of their survival. And I think just making sure that the middle also rises to the occasion a little bit as and when needed is something which can help advance the 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 thinking and action on on environmentalism uh, in India, which anyway we have a long history of, but it has taken various shapes and forms from you know the Chipko movement to the Chamoli disaster, and we've all been reading about all of that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, in the in the next phase, I want to go towards a more you know granular aspect of behavior change on these lines as well, because I feel. It's, it's very important when we are communicating and especially when we are uh, doing such long stretched continuous communication, how does behavior change come into picture? And how, one of the examples I, or at least one of the thoughts I have on these lines is that now most of the government campaigns as well that go. So uh, let's take, for example, Swachh Bharat Mission as a part of the assessment of uh, in Swachh Sarvekshan each city was or each state was told to give a song to it which brought in the local context to it and that made it okay that whenever you hear it you know that the van is coming and you can bring that you know take your garbage out so that kind of behavior changes are very important how do you think or can we bring more of such campaigns on those lines either government private however it is but to make such kind of changes for sure. Uh, first of all, in a public campaign, I think the Indian discussion on climate change, at least, has come to a point where it's one issue or another in one part of the country or another. You know, either you are looking at incessant rains in Mumbai or there is water scarcity yeah. in Chennai or there will be flash floods in Uttarakhand. There will be, you know, incidentally, some of the, the eight of the top 10 polluted cities in some ranking were all from Uttar Pradesh. So people are not aware of this, this, level of, this level of climate impact that they're already facing. So one way to engage the public is certainly, you know, your point of just placing the lever in such a way that there is a certain change in behavior. The only issue I feel is that uh, campaigners sometimes haven't been able to crack adequately on where to place that lever 
so that that change in behavior happens because that is the first absolute essential step and it's not just change in behavior it's also a change in thinking and you know change in your belief uh, which will bring about the change and it's not not always about the public only sometimes we even need change in decision makers thought process to be able to conceive a particular idea because there is a problem and climate change is actually a classic example of that because as a science it is new and evolving as a concept it is still being discussed even today you know if you follow some of the international and even uh, national commentary and discussions there is a very alive and wild discussion uh, so to say on how countries should take economy wide emission reduction targets and do deep decarbonization and become net zero by mid century or thereabouts now the yeah. phrase net zero is really technical it's uh, yeah. what it means is that you know there is less emissions added than emissions removed and also means that emissions have to be reduced not just removed first they have to be reduced and these are the kind of conversations where at the moment at least the public does not have a role to play that much as much as it has to be a role of the policy makers and decision makers and unless they are not convinced that this is needed and this is possible and the later we do it the greater will be the cost of doing it i think this whole idea does not work and and which is why i said the thought process is always not just with the public it's also the thought process of the political leaders as well as the thought process of the decision makers and to some extent it feels that you know that also needs to be given a more composite and a connected view uh ministry of environment forests and climate change is responsible for climate action and is the is is the nodal ministry for it ministry of power has a role to play but certainly you know and a lot of climate experts have talked about it that let climate not sit in one or two ministries let it really intersect with everything because climate change and its impact intersects with industry it intersects with women and child health it intersects just with public health and unless all these key departments are not involved and the thought process is not one of connecting it will be very hard to take a stance which really is in the benefit in the long run so that's you know on the side of how it's it's important to make the change in behavior and thinking in terms of key influencers and decision makers but you know sometimes just credible credible people coming and saying something has a far greater impact on the public even than a government campaign and you know we saw this at the uh, in the air pollution campaign at least how doctors stood up and said uh, that the air pollution in delhi is really bad and it's a case of emergency and if people have an option should not be staying in the city that was a really harsh statement to to me it was also an alarmist statement because if i don't have a second home where do i go but it yeah. creates that panic sometimes and uh, you know sometimes that panic is needed as well to be able to drive home the point so it's really about figuring what kind of what kind of message is needed to which kind of an audience and then figuring out what is it that we can attain in terms of behavior change i mean 
government has a lot of campaigns and schemes and now we are talking about climate issues but even 20 30 years back for instance pcra and used to run the campaigns you know where they used to ask the cars to sh- shut off their engines yeah. at traffic lights and not put the vehicle in idle mode then certainly for example the bureau of energy efficiency started in campaign is a very good example on how you know just in a couple of years the whole concept of watching whether the appliance that you're buying is three rated or five star rated and consumers actually do that even the led program i mean it became a fancy thing you can get you, you yeah. get a well lit room in 2 watts and how the technology also changed in it and consumers got driven to it so it just feels like a lot of things have to go hand in hand because people are also waiting for some solutions and if there are breakthrough technologies that are available at an affordable cost for indians even that matters and for everybody the, the price point at which i buy something and yeah. to that extent uh, you know if there are if if there is a way which is cost effective but which also helps me do my bit for the environment i will go ahead and do it immediately but if it is not cost effective and it's only good for the environment for example buying an electric vehicle today buying an electric car today a lot of people have hesitation and we undertook a survey a couple of um, weeks back and which actually uh, gave very good revealing results that all the most of the electric car owners who have who are running and uh, who who own an electric car uh, say that they will definitely recommend it to others to buy an electric car they also said that they don't have any problem in charging they also said that they have so far never experienced range anxiety while they are driving so yeah. these are all myths around electric vehicles because of which i or others will not buy an electric car yet but if you talk to actual users then the situation is really different and i think sometimes even changing behavior is by listening to peers you know if i know that 200 of the new car buyers in delhi are willing to look at uh, buying an ev then it really builds my confidence that that is going to be the future and maybe not a bad idea to also be a pioneer so i think the shift in people's mind is also really gradual and not sometimes radical and we need to capture capture the momentum around it yeah no no i i absolutely agree with your peers thing because uh, for me i have seen it personally as well so i have been working somewhere close to climate change for last 5 6 years have studied somewhere on those lines for 2 3 years uh but my parents never understood the same until greta thunberg came in and my sister started supporting the whole thing it's it's uh, it's then she uh, my family started realizing okay he's doing something related to this till that time they supported it because okay they were like he knows what he is doing but that peer to peer learning is something i think affects a lot of conversations so coming yeah to- and you know yeah, sorry, in an indian context it's uh, quite different and uh, you know when we interact with similar colleagues across the world it does feel that climate as an understanding and an issue is far deeply entrenched in the society than ours and at this point you and i have both discussed it and no no need to labor on that point anymore but uh, definitely this is an evolving field and it just feels that you know 5 or 10 years down there will be a far greater recognition of what the subject brings and intersections uh, that it that it lends which 
I don't think any other subject really offers. I mean, being being a climate expert, ideally you should be able to, like you know, you can draw the connections, like I said before, with with movement building, with campaigns, with journalism, with communications, with expert uh, expert technical research capacity on things like uh, transport, mobility, industry, business sector, finance, renewables, yeah. and, and, and to that extent, it really, I think, is, is an issue which has quite amalgamated, amalgamated uh, the, you know, the scale of the problem and showed, and shown you how there are several spokes uh, to take action. It's not just that there will be one silver bullet to, to deal with the climate yeah. solution. There will be 24 things to be done and even then not sufficient and which is why the issue seems so enormous and existential and which is why I think sometimes there is greater need to collaborate but less of that is happening. True. No, I, I absolutely agree uh, uh, as well on those lines as well, on, especially on the collaboration part that this is not a battle uh, to be, you know, go in individually but you have to go in this together unless and uh, till you do that it's not you're not going to sustain the momentum coming on those lines so there is there is surely a lot of as we have all, uh, you have already pointed it out that internationally there is there are different conversations going in indian context there are different conversations going and they do you know they do have to match so that india leads in the same fashion that every other country is leading. India, while trying to, uh, you know, again, India is still a developing country. We are still at the, we are still trying to control the rate of increase of your consumption, energy consumption, equipment consumption and everything. Because I feel here as well, somewhere communications will be a major thing that will come in to make sure that the link between consumption and uh, utilization of or resource efficiency comes in. So where do you see this international and Indian linkages facilitating the other way around as well? Uh, that whatever has been learned from India goes abroad and is a new learning for them. It's an interesting question. The I think the answer really is not that simple. It's okay to wish for our legacy behavior of just having sustainability recycling uh, we've always lived by these principles yeah. uh, you know we don't just discard our clothes and throw them away we hand it hand them down to somebody so that they are of use somewhere we don't throw up plastic bags too much we try and recycle them a couple of times yeah. before uh, and there are 20 you know scores of other such examples uh, anyway the west is realizing these issues and you see a lot of youngsters now pretty cognizant of uh, of a day-to-day sustainable lifestyle, but certainly that's not how the West has lived in the last few decades. And the the question on whether you know the the learnings can happen from India to abroad anyway is not a shortcut. If that learning has to happen, then there has to be. I think if if it will happen, it will happen over a period of time, and then it's not just about. India taking those learnings, but it's about the global recognition of the right way of consumption. And the issue is that as much as we separate ourselves from the aspirations of the white Western world as the real aspirations of human existence, the better off we will be. Of course, you know, we need to grow and there are several studies which already show that 
half of the buildings which will exist in 2035 in india haven't even been built so if those are the amount of buildings commercial residential that will be built in the next 10 or 15 years then they better be built in a way that they are energy efficient they are cooling efficient they don't need the kind of air conditioning that will be needed in a typical building constructed in the west about 40 years back and i think that is what climate experts call the whole question of leapfrog that you skip one middle step and you leapfrog into a better thing but the question is to be able to leapfrog into a better thing you need that better thing you need that better technology and you need that better technology at an affordable cost and and clearly it feels that every time you know india takes pride in saying that it's it's its problems are unique and its solutions are are unique as well and i really feel that it's my hope that the fact that we are you know uh, we are we are different than america and china for example you know they are both on two sides of the spectrum even in terms of the political economy uh, india has some immense soft power which it can build up and and that really feels that should be the point to put the accelerator on and ramp up a little bit and any campaign or effort which is directed to developing the thinking of the vast expanding urban middle class on what consumption is and what is good consumption and aspiration as well i think will go in the right direction and uh, it just for example you know even the last one year of staying at home and just the mental situation that has been brought by the covid virus a lot of people have realized that what has happened has been partly a result of human intransigence into nature so you have realized that somewhere human beings have a role to play in how you know the 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 species is literally overtaking the planet and unless that is not stopped to a certain extent or held back in its tracks we will come to a point of no return where we are like we, we will overshoot and we are overshooting the world overshoot day is you know already in august and september which basically means that for a year's resource we have used it by august and september so uh, clearly you know all these things are important from the smallest to the biggest but my personal feeling is that a lot of indians in their day to day without even knowing uh sometimes and of course we don't have the means to to really be able to you know consume at that level we don't have that much even we don't have that much power supply to enjoy you know let's just say india is uh, you know we've announced that we are 100% energy access but uh, the number of hours the power will come yeah. in a remote village in uttar pradesh and is anybody's guess so all of these issues are not unidirectional they are fairly complicated uh, but certainly there is there is a bottom of the pyramid which does not have an option and they have to consume the resource that is given to them i think the slightly uh, above the bottom of the pyramid who have the choice to be able to make the decision i feel a campaign or messaging focused at that group which has the the privilege to make a choice and to influence what choice they make will change the game i absolutely hope that uh, we can do things on those lines to make a better change in india as well as internationally and uh, to to close it off we have generally the last question is what kind of skill sets would be required to you know pursue this field i'll try and 
change it a bit for this episode is on the lines that we already have enough marketing and uh, people in our ecosystem. How can they transition towards this kind of communications? How can they leverage their existing skill sets to develop better communications in the climate change sector? You're right, absolutely, that there are enough skills out there. What we need is we need to be able to draw those skills to the subject, to make this subject important enough, urgent enough, and alarming enough for, for those who are qualified in whatever they do to find passion in the subject. And I think that is what uh, we need. We need more journalists. We need more PR persons. We need more documentary filmmakers. We need more social media experts. We need more campaigners. We just need more citizens to be able to stand up and acknowledge that this is happening and I'm aware of this and I am determined to change this. And that doesn't have to be always at the level of the nation state. It can also be at the level of my resident society or my community or my city or somebody's village. And I just feel that there is that power of these smaller, smaller, you know, movements, uh, yeah. so to speak, which always don't have to be antagonistic as well. And that's not the point. But the point really is to be able to come together to realize that this is an issue important enough for me to know and act on. And, yeah. and you know, just that much is enough to also show politicians that people care. And that much is also enough for decision makers and policy makers to understand that this is becoming something which the public is willing to act on and is and has already acknowledged and then you know we can move the needle on action much faster as opposed to if the government has to take a decision only based on an international pressure or you know an industry has to just reduce pollution as for the sake of complying to emission norms i think just this whole question of compliance changes when there is a movement and passion behind something and and yeah. on, on skills uh, there are enough there are enough uh, researchers working on climate i think what we need is we need to build the field by some of those people who are not just technical but yeah. also who have skills to reach out to various different constituencies and that will connect the dots and maybe bring around a far greater spectrum of both experts as well as you know influencers people who are working in just like you said various different fields but but be able to link to this existential problem of not just the future but today yeah thank you thank you so much uh, this was surely an amazing conversation because i was looking forward for it for quite some time especially this topic if i have missed out on anything and you would like to cover it up uh, please go ahead Thanks. Uh, I, I enjoyed this as well. I uh, really don't have much to uh, opine, but I think uh, in the context of India, and if there is a scope for a last point, maybe I will just draw the point that there is also the share of vernacular language uh, media, and we didn't discuss about that pretty much, but yeah. a lot of TV viewership as well as newspaper readership happens in the vernacular language. And 
certainly while we are having such discussions we are absolutely sometimes not cognizant of the, the yeah. immense share of that population it's nearly 50% of the of of the country's population and unless we don't bring that sector on board that target audience along with us i think again yeah. we will be creating another silo of yeah. uh, the kind of which we are living in so certainly i think there is a role to be played by as much localizing the the climate discussion as possible and it has to be something that is of immediate concern to local media to local decision makers to local communities for it to have its impact thank you thanks a lot for bringing up that topic i i absolutely agree with you that yes we we do need to start emphasizing on vernacular uh, vernacular languages in promoting and communicating climate change as well as well as a lot of other things in the whole ecosystem but this as well becomes part of that whole system thank you aarti for an amazing conversation i absolutely enjoyed it and i hope our audience did it too thank you for your time thanks very much puni thank you very much You have been listening to Understanding the Future podcast. To know more about Climate Center for Cities, check out our website www.niua.org/c-q. The show is conceptualized, produced and edited by Punit Gandhi, Senior Associate at CQ. You can now subscribe to our podcast on your favorite channel, which can be accessed through the credits. Also don't forget to follow us on our social media for more updates. Do share your reviews with us and help us spread the podcast to your friends and colleagues. Do write to us if you would be interested in learning about any specific topics. Thank you and stay tuned for our next episode.